slash program slash down dash road dash a piece dash count dash do up. Or you can just search for the show under the audio podcast tab at kboo.fm. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor Judge Torres, running January 10th to 19th at the Milagro Theater in Portland. Judge Torres is a modern-day fairy tale rooted in Salvadoran folklore. Xiomara Torres faces many obstacles in her turbulent journey crossing the border, maneuvering the U.S. foster care system, missing her family, aging out, and becoming the most recent Latinx judge in Multnomah County, Oregon. This is her story. Again, that's Judge Torres, running January 10th through 19th weekly on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Milagro Theater, 525 Southeast Stark Street in Portland. More information is available at kboo.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under Community Events. Support for KBOO programming comes from Dark Side Cinema in Corvallis. Open every night featuring independent foreign and art house films. The Dark Side is located at 215 Southwest 4th Street between Madison and Jefferson. More information on showtimes available online at darksidecinema.com. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Radioland. I am Eldridge Cleaver, the former Minister of Information of the Black Panther Party, You are listening to KBOO Portland. This is listener-sponsored, non-commercial community radio. I want you to listen to and support KBOO because Portland needs it, you need it, and the world needs it. Ubalagani, boing, boing. Hi, I'm Dale Holliday coming to you from Corvallis, Oregon in the bountiful Willamette Valley. Welcome to my show, Valley Views, a forum for sharing relevant topics relating to people and issues in the Willamette region. Okay. Hi, good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here for a part two of conversation with Christy Wright, who is an RN and a BSN and was a former certified hospice palliative care nurse. And in the first part, if you caught that, we were talking about end-of-life um, situations, and uh, we thought we'd come back and talk about how to have some of these conversations with our family and how to access resources for this. So thank you, Christy, for coming back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Previously, we talked about end-of-life and making decisions about how that happens and uh, sometimes people's reluctance to planning for those times in uh, at the end of life. And so w- what, what have you observed? I I mean, we we talked about how a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, and I don't know, it seems like you and I both are okay with that. We Mm -hmm. we plan for our situations, and I don't know what makes us different with, you know, I don't know, but what do you you think about that? Why why is it so hard? 
Well, again, I think it's hard for people to consider life without them in it. And I, I, I think as a society, we don't we worship the youth and the health, and we don't give a whole lot of time towards you know, the end of life. Yes. Um, and you know, the end of life rarely happens like it happens on television, <laughs> yes. you know, or in the movies. I, I've had a couple of patients that kind of expected their death to go like a movie, you know, and they oh. would lay back on their pillow and kind of throw their hand over their forehead and mm-hmm. kind of expect it to die. And it rarely looks like that. Interesting. Um, and so I think the more that a person can read and have some notion about how they want their life, their end of life to go, mm-hmm. the, the easier it is actually to have the conversation with a family mm-hmm. member. Yeah. And I do think it's easier as you get older um, to give some thought to that. Certainly, I, I think we're trying to make it easier to get information to, to people. Absolutely. Um, so, Well, you know, it's funny. Right before you talked about expecting it to look like a movie, I was thinking, you know, we don't even really see a lot of old people in our media. I mean, we, you know, you go to the movies. It's, it's rare to have a movie with an elder actor in it. And, you know, my goodness, when especially when women actors reach a certain age, like 40, they have problems getting roles. I mean, I'm a movie buff, you know, mm-hmm. so I just observe well, these things. And, and, and the uh, women of age that we celebrate, we often say, don't they look good for their age. <laughs> right. Know? They've had a lot of work done. To oh, absolutely. Younger. Uh, yes. Yes, we do not celebrate, we celebrate. Wis- the wisdom of aging very mm-hmm. well. Yes, that is true. Well, you know, and you mentioned, too, how people expect a death to be. I will totally admit, when um, my mom passed away in uh, February, she first, uh, she had a fall, and then she passed away four days later. And I'll tell you, people at the hospital and myself included we really didn't know what was keeping her going Mm -hmm. i mean there i i even you know you can you know how sometimes you can observe when someone when their spirit leaves them they just kind of look like they've lost weight or something Mm -hmm. i mean it's just Mm -hmm. something left the Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. and she reached that stage but she was still alive Mm Um, it does take longer oftentimes mm-hmm. than we think it will. And mm-hmm. back in the olden days, I always say that when I was in nursing school, so 40 years ago, we mm-hmm. would think that it was inhumane really to keep fluids away from someone. Yes. And we've really, really learned that the body is made for the end of life, just like it's made to be born. Mm. And the more that we can support that process and the fewer interventions really right. that we do with IVs or you know, tubes of any kind, Mm -hmm. really the easier it is on the person. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I, if, um, that I had mentioned in the former uh, show that there was just enough to keep her comfortable. And I know that's how she wanted it because we had had that discussion Mm -hmm. and that's how I want it. And there you go. (laughs) Everyone's different though. Well, Mm -hmm. people are, I, Mm -hmm. I do think it's important to instruct yourself because I, we watch movies. We we have a notion of how we think things ought to be, mm-hmm. and really, the more that you know about end of life, I think the less scary it is. And life is not a movie. No, <laughs> that it's is, that not. Is certainly no, it's true. Not. Certainly yeah. true. And I know when my dad passed away, it was a different situation. So I didn't get to observe 
a prolonged uh, leaving because he di- he died immediately. He had a heart. He was just boom. You know, I think so, quick deaths yeah. are easier on the person and harder on the loved ones yes. that are left behind. Yes. And more extended deaths are, mm-hmm. you know, really hard on the patient, and, but mm-hmm. easier on the family, honestly. Yes. Yes. So, well, you know, how can people? maybe have a conversation about this with their families. I mean, you run into this a lot, and there may be listeners out there who are thinking maybe they want to do this, but mm-hmm. how do they How do start? they start? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I just want to throw a, a couple of statistics at you. Yes, absolutely. 90% of, of people surveyed thinks that it's really important to talk to their family about end of care life, mm-hmm. but only 27% have done any kind of conversation at all. <laughs> there you know? you go. Yeah. Same thing, 80% of people think it's important for their doctors to know uh-huh. about their end of life wishes, but really only 8% of people have talked to their doctors about what they mm-hmm. want their end of life to look like. Interesting, yes. Yes, yeah, so um, there's a, mm-hmm. a big margin there uh, that we can do a little bit of education I think it will be really helpful. Ellen Goodman, the former uh, political columnist, Uh has started um, something that she's calling the Conversation Project. Uh And um, she has a whole pamphlet of, like, different questions. And it's not like yes or no questions. Uh It's like, um, if I had a terminal illness, I would prefer to, and there's like five steps, like Mm -hmm. not do anything at all, Uh up to, you know, that would be one, and number five would be doing absolutely everything that could possibly be done. And so there's like, you know, so that before you sit down to have a conversation with your family member, sure. you can get really clear in your own mind mm-hmm. how you're feeling about yeah, this. Yeah, find out where you're at. Yeah, uh-huh. and the, the other thing is, is nothing's written in concrete, right? Mm-hmm. You can always go back and like change that. Absolutely. But it does give you a starting point. Well, how much do you want to know from the doctors? You know, do you want to know everything and you want to be the only person making the decisions uh-huh. versus I don't want to know any details at all and I want my family member to make all the decisions. Interesting, yes. Yeah, so, so there's a big continuum. Yeah. It's not just one way or the other way. But once you get that settled in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's like 25 questions. Then you can actually use that to have a conversation with your family member. Uh-huh. You can sit down with the pamphlet, they can look at it, and you can, you know, kind of talk about those kinds of things. Or you could talk about Aunt Mildred and the decision mm-hmm. she made, and did mm-hmm. that work for her? Did right. it not work for her? How might you want to tweak that a little bit so it works mm-hmm. a little better? Yeah. The, the thing I think about having a conversation, and the reason I believe it's really important is that paperwork will only take you so far. If you show up in the emergency room mm. without your paperwork, right. then you know the ER doctors are obligated to like treat you. Sure, absolutely. Um, do whereas if you show up in the ER without mm-hmm. your paperwork, but you've got a family member with mm-hmm. you that can advocate for you, yes. that knows what you want, yes. then you know that's going to go way smoother for you. Yeah, that's very important. Well, I know when I did my um, medical directive, 
I filed it with my doctor's office and with the local hospital here. Mm-hmm. They recommended that. And then, of mm-hmm. course, my husband has it and, you know, mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, I have his and the same thing. Yeah, you need to spread that around. Yeah, yeah. You know, some churches and I know. And my sister has it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. some churches I know actually will hold mm-hmm. your um, advanced mm-hmm. care directive. That makes sense, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. I mean, like you say, the, the more people are, that have it, because someone might be out of the country, so you might have mm-hmm. set it up and then mm-hmm. those people have mm-hmm. passed away or mm-hmm. some or they they misplaced it or who knows what's go- happened well i like the the uh format of this now there was El, uh, the conversation project, project mm-hmm. with ellen uh, yeah ellen goodman mm-hmm. and it's online you they will actually send you some of those little pamphlets mm-hmm. or you can print it out and yes. yeah and then fill it mm-hmm. out and then it, it like you said it's just a tool yeah a tool yes just a tool it sounds good it gives people options it's not one size fits all right know? and yeah. and there's no right and a wrong answer right right well just I know there's no formula but if people are wondering okay at what age should I do this or how do I approach my family I mean what do I how, how do I get this rolling in my own life mm. you know sometimes people certainly in my family being a hospice nurse mm-hmm. we've talked about death and dying since mm-hmm. the kids were little and mm-hmm. so it's just kind of it's a topic normal. of conversation yes it's not something big or scary mm-hmm. or you know it's so I would say you start young, you know, start early. Mm-hmm. But if if you've not had that opportunity, yes. not been able to create that opportunity, uh-huh. I would suggest starting with, I need your help with something, mm-hmm. or there's something I've been thinking about, and I'm wondering yeah. when would be a good time to share that. Uh-huh. You know, it. I would say make sure that you have longer than 10 minutes because yes. it's going to take, and it's not going to be done in one session. Sure. You know, you're going to talk a little bit. They're going to go off. They're going to think a little mm-hmm. bit. Then you're going to come back and you're going to re-talk. Right. And until people seem settled. And people don't always agree, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure yeah. they don't. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. And your siblings may not, you know, yeah. there may be some dissension within the family. Right. So it's. I think it's good to start early so that you yes. can kind of nail that down. That's great. And I love your idea about having advocates and, and having spreading that word because, you know, when you're sick or when you're in the ER or you're in that coma or whatever that is not the time for the family to start fighting about what's next but of course that's what happens I had a doctor friend that said that he was a no code but not to ask him while he was like sick in the emergency room right you know so yeah, yeah we don't always make our best decisions when when we're down and stressed like in that. the midst of it well I this is a fascinating topic and it's it's a very timely topic topic for for everyone everyone out there and you know we spend a lot of money at the tail end of life mm. um, keeping people alive when they don't want to right. be right? right and so it's just timely from many different Angles, angles, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, Christy, we, we have reached the, the end of our time here on the show. I want to thank you so much for being here. And uh, this is a, such an important topic that affects everyone. Yeah, so. I just want to say again, yes. theconversationproject.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for that. Okay. Well, you have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. You've been listening to Valley Views. I'm your host, Dale Holliday, and I'd love to hear from you. 
comments, questions, ideas for future topics, or other matters you would like explored. Email me at valleyviews at kboo.org. That's V-A-L-L-E-Y-V-I-E-W-S at kboo.org. Special thanks to Chad Howard from Corvallis Access Media for his technical assistance and support. I look forward to being with you again next time. And remember, as Doctor Who once said, I'm not in charge, but I'm full of ideas. Bye! Flashpoints, ICE and the Border Patrol continue to drop off hundreds of migrant refugees from the south at bus stations and other nondescript places in Arizona and Texas. And we'll have a special report on the reaction by the new Mexican government to refugees coming north. I'm Dennis Bernstein. All this straight ahead on Flashpoints. Stay tuned. <laughs>